Hi, I'm Hafsa and welcome to the Mind Pretty Soul podcast, where I get to talk about that which gives you peace of mind, keeps you looking pretty and the things that make your soul sing with incredible women that inspire me. So in this episode, the women that inspire me are you, my lovely listeners. I recently took to Instagram where I asked you guys to send in your dilemmas or any questions that you might have so I can answer them for you. And I received a lot of DMs and a lot of questions. They were sent mostly through an anonymous link. So I'm glad that I was able to do that because I know that sometimes you might feel a bit shy to show that it's you who's asking a question of a particular nature. And I haven't been able to answer all of them in this episode, but I've just selected a few for now. And I'm currently in my clinic while I record this episode. And you might hear some noises in the background. We just happen to have Mornington Crescent Station kind of running under the clinic. So you might hear a vibration. You might hear a siren in the background. You might hear whatever. But apparently those are the kind of episodes you like, judging by how well the previous episode did, which... I really wanted to thank you for. From the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you. Seriously, it was such a pleasure to share my journey with you and to share how things were going for me in this kind of journey that I'm embarking on, or rather have embarked on now that I've opened the clinic. And it was a candid episode, very messy, very all over the place, not edited whatsoever. And I kind of want this episode to be the same. So I'm going to read the dilemmas and questions that you have. And I'm not going to have a filter. I might swear, I might react, however, but so be it. So let's jump straight into the first question. And that is, I was so inspired by your recent episode where you talked about switching careers. I'm a secondary school teacher and I am really, really overworked. I even marked papers right before my engagement party. How did you go about making the change? And do you have any advice for someone who's struggling to choose what they want to switch to? First of all, I can't believe you marked papers on your engagement party. I'm sorry, no job is worth that. I mean, not to beat you down, but I have been that person who's worked ridiculous, like, hours. And I've even worked when I've had, like, personal, like, milestones, when I should have actually just been focusing on the present moment, which was whatever was in front of me to enjoy. And, yeah, I didn't get any more money than I was used to. I didn't get any more accolades. I didn't get any more appreciation from my managers or anything like that. It's not worth it. F that. Seriously. No career is worth it. I'm not even joking. Seriously. Like, I think having kind of gone through what I've gone through in my previous career and now transitioning into something new or transitioned into something new, I've come to realize the value that I bring to the workplace or to any career or any job or any company even my own company and I know what my skill set is and I know what I cost and yeah honey my personal life is not worth losing out on so what I want for you to do is before you even transition into a new field I want you to create boundaries for yourself I want you to establish times in which you're willing to work and not willing to work and also if you think about it this is something I spoke about with a colleague of mine a few years ago and we were saying that all of the hours that we put in we were both like basically like worked to the bone and we basically said all of the hours that we're doing you're technically being paid less because let's say you're working from nine till five which the work hours were (laughs) anyway But really, you get into the office, let's say, 8.30. 
and you don't leave until 6, 7, 7, 37. Really and truly, you spread the hourly cost across that, that the hours that you're actually working. So you're working for less money. Honey, it's not worth it. It is not worth it. So yeah, understand how much you cost, how much your skills are and say to yourself, is it really worth it? No. But also I can understand as well, it's a matter of resources as well, that you just don't have enough resources at your job to support you with um, your workload. So does it mean then that you have to, um, and I know it's not necessarily the advice you've asked me, you haven't asked me to help you with your current career, but I can't give you advice yet before I give you advice on this. Anyway, moving on. Does it mean then having to speak to management or whoever's um, in a position to help you with resources that you need? Do you need a direct report or do you need, I don't know. I don't know what it is like in in education. Um, I have a lot of friends who work in education and they're teachers and they are basically working so many hours like you said, the marking, I get pictures from my friends who send me pictures of their marking load and they're just like the pile of like books that they have to get through in papers. Um, so yeah, how can you help yourself with your current workload without you compromising your personal life? Because it breaks my heart that you even had to mark work before your engagement party when you should have been enjoying the fact that you're getting married, you know? So yeah, And as for moving into a career that doesn't need you to work before your engagement party, and I'm assuming you're not married yet, so I don't want you to be working on your wedding or on your honeymoon. So if you're considering moving into a new field and you're not really sure about what you want to do and you're struggling to think of what to switch to. So um, don't stress about that yet. It will, I think, make itself very clear. I was adamant that I didn't want to work in marketing anymore for a while but I didn't know what I wanted to do so I still worked in marketing because it's what I was experienced in it's this like it's what I knew um, but I trusted that eventually it would come to me and one of my friends Pfizer Shake she was the very first guest of mine um, for Mind Pretty Soul the founder of Mental Health at Happier You and she's this incredible like tech whiz she's worked at some of the most incredible tech companies and tech is a very demanding field. It's very stressful. And I just remember kind of going to her. She's like my career guru. I said to her, I don't know what I want to do. I'm in between careers. I'm, I'm kind of unsure. And she said to me, listen, honey, go to Foyles Bookshop. There's a big Foyles. If you're from London, there's a Foyles bookstore in Tottenham Court Road. And she just said, sit there, read through all the books, anything that kind of piques your curiosity. And yeah, I did that basically. I just went to Foils and I made it my home. It's the most coziest bookshop. No, actually, no, it's not the most coziest bookshop. That's a lie. But it's a cute bookshop nevertheless. And yeah, I sat down, read books about HR, about whatever else. And I, it still didn't come to me, but I trusted that eventually it would. I even considered HR for a little bit, UX design. There was a time where I was convinced I was going to do UX. I was like, yeah, I want to do UX. I want to do UI, whatever. I went speaking to like loads of people that, that work in there, in that field. But anyway, it came to me. So yeah, don't stress about what you want to do yet because you don't want it to be forced. And you and yeah, you just don't want it to be forced. You don't want it to be this thing where you're moving to a new field for the sake of it. Because to be frank, Every career will come with its stresses. It will come with its um, 
challenges, you know? So yeah, don't stress for now. Just tackle the challenges that, tackle, so just tackle the challenges that come with your current career at the moment and trust that eventually whatever you're meant to do will manifest itself and it will make itself very clear to you in time. But yeah, my heart, my heart actually goes out to you because I've been you. I've been there where I've been that person who's compromised her personal life and it's not worth it. It's not worth it. So you're in my thoughts and I really do hope that you eventually find what you're looking for and you find a career that doesn't deplete you. You find a career that enriches you instead. And that takes me to my next question. Do you believe in closure? The relationship was horrid. I ended it and I have got no contact for a year as I've been doing some inner work. I feel more grounded with my emotions, alhamdulillah. I'd like to speak to them, but I want to make sure I know the purpose before I do. Do I believe in closure? Absolutely the hell not. I don't. I... I'm one of those people who's a bit harsh to her friends when they like when they're like, "Oh, I want to reach out to him and oh, I want closure." To me personally, I'm of the school of thought that closure is BS. BS, plain and simple BS, case closed. Why do you need closure? I think closure is <laughs> it's a figment of your imagination because let's say the relationship ended really badly like you say now that the relationship was horrid, right? Are you looking for closure to understand why it was horrid or why they perhaps treated you the way that they treated you? Is that maybe the closure that you're looking for? Because um, I've been that person who's said to her friends, are you really just going to go to this guy to just kind of get validation almost to understand why he treated you the way he did or why he said what he did and why this and why that, like, you're looking for answers that you might not get, you very likely won't get, people will only meet you as far as they want to meet you, I personally don't think a guy is going to basically sit down with you and be like, yeah, I treated you like trash because you deserved it and you were this and you were that, like, you create your own closure, seriously, babe, like, that's how I feel, because if you don't have a purpose for closure yet or for speaking to them, then what's the point in basically opening that can of worms? So, um, yeah, like, because if you open that can of worms, you let a bunch of emotions erupt that didn't need erupting. It gets you thinking and reflecting and perhaps you're going to be sad or you're going to yearn for them or you're going to be upset but also I guess there are benefits to closure even if I don't see them as like open and as very clear as other people do um maybe sometimes it can just be that whole thing of oh yeah I feel like a weight is lifted off my shoulders but for the most part I am anti-closure I just don't think it's necessary I think I'm more of like a I'm gonna create my own closure I'm gonna understand this all for myself because yeah people can be dishonest but yeah I'm anti-closure so no from me and yeah I I just think because you're not sure about the purpose don't do it just yet you don't want to basically bring that horridness back into your life so yeah now number three i'm so lost and i don't know what to do my husband found my journal and he read it i feel so violated not only because he read my deepest thoughts but he read my writings about my ex and now my husband's doubting whether i love him anytime we get into an argument now he throws what i wrote back in my face and questions if i really love him or if I feel more love for him than my ex. 
Of course, I wrote some intense things about my ex because it's literally how I felt at the time that I was with him. But that's in the past. How can I make my husband see that I love him and that he doesn't need to worry about my ex? First of all, it's a really big concern that he's even going through your journal to begin with. I will give him the benefit of the doubt because I know that when you're a married couple, you're going to be one unit for the most part. And yeah, it could be very well that he found this journal that he, he might not have known that it was a journal. I'll just give him that. And then probably opened it, saw that, oh, this isn't something I should be reading, but I'm seeing something juicy in here and I'm going to continue reading it. That's where I take issue. And yeah, that's not cool. You basically made a really good point that it's how you felt at the time. So it's worth stressing that this is literally how I felt at the time. I don't feel that now, but today is what you need to be concerned with. It's probably triggering him because he's reading how you felt at the time. You've literally said how you felt at the time. So he's reading your emotions and your feelings and your your kind of your musings at that time. But sometimes when we talk to people about uh, the people that have been in, with us in the past, you're kind of briefly telling them like a kind of a synopsis, like a basically a summary. You're not really going into emotions and feelings and thoughts, but when you read them at the time, it's like a snapshot, isn't it? So you're reading how that person felt at that time. So maybe that hurt him that he's like, whoa, this is how she felt. But you just really need to assure him that this is how I felt. Yeah, sure. But this is how I feel for you today. Um, that's one thing. Also, the other thing is, bro, don't be going through my stuff. But yeah, I, 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 I don't know really what to say here, but I also think the the arguing as well is a bit of a concern for me as well, because when you argue with people and you throw things back in their face, it just kind of shows unresolved problems. So they're problems that need to be resolved and really address, like you literally sit down, hash out everything. Sometimes that might help as well. Like literally sitting down, asking him to hash out everything. Tell me how you feel because I don't want to leave any stone unturned. You don't want to bring past problems into today. You know, you don't really want to do that because that just goes to show that someone is a bit bitter about something. If you're going to argue, argue about what you're arguing about literally now, as opposed to being like, well, yeah, that's why you did this in the past and that's why you feel this and that. Like, that's always going to show when someone hasn't resolved whatever they're feeling inside. So yeah, create like an encouraging open space for him, maybe like allow him to just hash out everything and show you basically how he feels. It might be worth kind of making it in a way where you're saying, listen, tell me everything. For now, I will just listen and I will explain and I will answer. Maybe that might help as well without it being an argumentative or judgmental kind of conversation and just being really wholesome, really open and understanding. And maybe from there, you might just be able to to understand one another and really under, make him understand that that was in the past and today is what we need to focus on and move towards the future where you're the only person that I want, you know? So yeah, maybe I need to transition into becoming a marriage coach next. <laughs> anyway, question number four. I've just come out of an emotionally abusive relationship where I felt so ugly and worthless by the time I was done with my ex-boyfriend. I used to be so outgoing when I first met with him and I took care of my appearance. I used to socialize and go out with my friends and I had so much confidence and self-worth. I'm a completely different person now. Do you have any advice for looking and feeling good again? Firstly, I'm so sorry that happened to you. 
no one deserves to be abused emotionally. And I feel like people kind of disregard emotional abuse or it's not really talked about as much because the signs aren't as apparent as, say, physical abuse. But the lasting legacy of emotional abuse is quite literally what you're saying is that you don't feel confident and that you feel ugly and I really do hope you get to that point where you're back to your old self if not your old self better better than your previous version I would encourage you to definitely seek specific advice from domestic abuse helplines or any kind of resources I'll share them in the show notes but I would definitely say in terms of kind of feeling and looking good again, one thing that I will always recommend is really honoring and claiming time for yourself in spite of having a busy lifestyle or schedule. So if you're, for example, I don't know, like a mother or if you're like in a particularly demanding career, please try to find little pockets of time where it's just for you. I've noticed that with a lot of people who've endured abuse, they don't really tap into their person anymore because they just had to kind of get on with it and survive but now you have the time to really sit down with yourself and understand okay what do I like what kind of people do I like what kind of things make me feel good what kind of things can I do what things do I want to explore so maybe it's time to kind of sit down and understand what makes me happy now what makes me joyful what makes me feel whole and complete what makes me feel relaxed and explore them. Learn yourself. Make yourself your biggest project. I can't remember where I've heard that term before, but make yourself your passion project, you know? Understand who you are. Nurture that. Grow that. Understand what makes you tick and really tap into those things as much as possible. And as for feeling good, again, and looking good, I feel like they're kind of linked. Not even kind of, they are linked. So... Find a movement that really works for you. For me, it's weightlifting and skipping and working out, doing really intense workouts, because for me, it's more of that whole thing of, oh, I can lift this much. I'm a competitive person. And it just basically does something for my ego to know that, yeah, honey, I I can lift that. But if maybe it's about walking for you, that, oh my goodness, I can walk from my house all the way to the other end of London and I can come back or walking around the city and just kind of taking in the sights. If that's your thing, do that. If it's yoga, if it's Pilates, if it's something. And I say that because it releases all of those kind of endorphins and all those good hormones. And also it builds esteem. I feel like when you work out, the esteem that it builds is the best thing. That's going to help you feel good, but also it's going to make you look good too. Let's be real. But it'll make you feel good. It builds your esteem. It builds your confidence. And I say that from personal experience when I've been at my lowest, working out did something to me. Yeah. Don't go to the gym if if that's basically not what you're about. Find the thing that works for you. Now, when it comes to looks, honey, like you've got so much to play around with, I'm sure, you know, you've got all these facets of you to think about your body. We're talking about the body now. We've done, we've done the workout, right? So that's ticked. Hair. I know that a lot of people do something to their hair once they come out of a relationship. Do you shave it? Do you dye it? Do you put balayage in it? Are you going to put braids in? Are you going to wear a wig? Are you going to, you're just going to, yeah, like just do something to the hair. New chapter. 
And also think about the fact that that man is not going to have the benefit of basically seeing you be the new you. You know what would basically, I'm a petty person. And for me, what would make me think and really make me kind of motivated is I'm going to transform myself into someone that they can never have. So yeah, transform yourself into someone that they will never have. The hair, play around with it. Think about what you like, again. I think all of this is basically boiling down to thinking about what you like and acting on that and experimenting with it as well. If you are curious about a look or an exercise or whatever, try it. If it's not for you, then brush it off and move. It's only hair dye. You can always cut your hair. You can always colour it back to something else. Makeup. Experiment with that. Fashion. Think about what works for your body shape and try things that flatter you but also bring out certain features if it's if it's a big bum you got play with that if it's a waist a snatched waist it's fine if you're more of an apple think about outfits that work with that shape you know play it with the silhouette that you have and enhance it and I feel like we're a canvas and you can always play around with what works for you you know and Something that I know a lot of people do is that they look around and see the different aesthetics that they like, the look of, whether it's the the bougie girl, auntie aesthetic, or if it's more of that whole kind of Gen Z, chaotic, colourful vibe. Whatever you're drawn to, save those photos into an album or Pinterest or wherever kind of medium you like to kind of have an archive or an album. And look at the things that are in common. You find it basically like a common thread between all these images. For example... I know I look good in baggy clothes with a cinched in waist or a fitted top with a baggy pair of trousers or fitted bottom with a baggy top. Like, you know, like what is it that works for you? And what is it that you're seeing in common with everything? Is it a color? Basically, I feel like our minds are kind of unconscious. But when you be a bit more conscious towards what your eyes are drawn to that's when I think you might be able to start experimenting and figuring out what you like and the ball is in your court now it's your time it's the process that you're in right now and eventually you'll feel more confident you'll feel more self-assured you will also be a version that that man will never have the privilege of being able to to have access to so more power to you And I wish you nothing but the best, okay? And that brings me to the end of this episode. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Bye.